You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen, and also give this great podcast a follow on the Twitter over at at Lockdown Cubs. I feel like I did a little Bill Burr voice there for you. It is Sunday night. Hopefully you're listening to this on a Monday morning on your way to work or school or to a picnic. I don't know what your Mondays are like, but I hope it's a good one. I hope you had a great weekend. Do you know who didn't have a great weekend? The Chicago Cubs. The Cubs got swept by the Marlins of Miami, bringing the losing streak up to 11. This losing streak goes to 11, everyone. It's, uh, you know, I, I was joking around on the last couple podcasts last week saying it's a race to the bottom. We are now drafting at the number eight spot, a game out of the five spot. It feels like we're not going to get our draft position higher than fifth because those top four teams of the Diamondbacks, Rockies, Pirates, and I believe, who is the fourth team? Maybe we can catch them. Hey, there's something to be optimistic about. But it definitely feels like that's what you root for now. You know, it's almost like if you win, it's an L. What are we doing winning? That's that's fly the L if we get a W, but fly the W if we get an L. It's a little reverse. We're living in the bizarro world. You guys ever follow Superman? Seinfeld fans remember the bizarro episode where Elaine went off with the people who were like Jerry, George, and Kramer, but they weren't Jerry, George, and Kramer. And that's what the Cubs got going right now. It's bizarre world. I look out at third base, I go, that's not Chris Bryant. That's Patrick Wisdom. Both good-looking guys, but Patrick Wisdom is like, you know that website Wish that everyone makes fun of? You order something off of Wish? I've seen it. I've seen ads like on Facebook where it's like, here, get Jordans, get the Jordan 11s on wish.com for only 80 bucks. You're like, what? And then everyone goes, and here's what shows up when you get it. And it's like not even close to the Jordans. It's the worst knockoff you've ever seen. That's what's going on right now. Now, Petty Wisdom, this is no offense to him because I actually think he has earned a spot to start at first base, third base, left field, or whatever. But if you were to order Chris Bryant, Patrick Wisdom shows up, you'd be like, that's, you're not Patrick Wisdom. It's almost like uh, like in Vegas when there's those celebrity impersonators where it's like you look close, but you're not. Same thing with uh, first base, Frank Schwindel. I'm going to talk about that. We're going we're gonna to dive deep into who is Frank Schwindel. I think uh, for the rest of this week, at least, I'm going to do some profiles. A profile and a free agent I think the Cubs could look to target in the offseason and a profile of one of the current Cubs in which we're going, who? Him? Like that kind of thing? That's what we're going to look to do. This episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully, every day on the Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guests, interviews, and routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB's network of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So, yes, I'm going to do a profile of a free agent that I want the Cubs to get this offseason. I'm not going to – look, we don't know what they're going to do. When I, I talk to fellow fans, and a lot of fans think, nah, nah, don't expect any big free agent splashes in the offseason of 2022. You know, they're going to wait and figure it out. 2023, that's when they'll look to compete. I've been a big proponent of why not do both. I don't understand how signing someone like a Carlos Correa to a, a six, seven-year, eight-year deal – they'll probably want at least eight years of him being honest – 
hurts long-term growth. People say, well, we got Ed Howard and Chris Hernandez. I'm like, yeah, they're still three, four years away. When they're ready, you move Correa over to third base or second base. That's the thing about shortstops and center fielders. As they age, they've got options. When you spend a lot of money on a left fielder, like the Cubs kind of foolishly did back in 2007 with the Alfonso Soriano mega deal. And look, I was excited because the Cubs had never made mega deals. When we got Soriano, I was jumping up and down, dancing in the streets. But then when you find out years later that the Cubs basically outbid themselves, which kudos, you got to give Soriano's agent some credit for that. He told the story. They're like, well, who else was given anywhere close to the Cubs? He goes, nobody. Nobody was remotely even close to what the Cubs were offering. But we acted like other teams were close, and so they kept up in the deals. Pretty easy, actually, which was kind of embarrassing for us Cubs fans. And Soriano was a fine ball player. He had a very, very strong 07 and 08, but of course never lived up to the hype of a $136 million deal, which at that time would be like a $200 plus million deal now, I could safely say, or pretty accurately say. Now, I bring that up because Soriano was a guy who was a failed second baseman they threw out to left field. He had a decent arm, you know, he got some guys out by surprise, but his left field defense was atrocious. I remember when people gave Kyle Schwarber a hard time at playing left field, and I'm going, do you guys forget Soriano and Alou? Schwarber's a gold glove compared to those two. He really is. By the way, Kyle Schwarber update. He made his debut with the Red Sox. He came off the IL. The Red Sox traded for him from the Nationals at the trade deadline, even though he was injured. His first at game was Friday, in which he went 0 for 2 with two walks, two runs scored. They gave him the off day Saturday. They're probably like, oh, let's ease him back a little bit. And then they uh, played him yesterday. Sunday, and he was two for four with two doubles. So he's off to a very fine start. We wish Kyle Schwarber all the best. All of us here at Lockdown Cubs are wishing you the best, Bam Bam. We miss you. You're a World Series hero. You'll forever be a Cub in my heart. Now let's talk about the current team. Now I bring up, you know, uh, you know, Schwindel and Wisdom and a few of these other guys, and it's a, a weird predicament. I will highlight a free agent I want. I'll close it out with that. And I think it's realistic. I think it's reasonable and realistic to both develop your minor league system, your farm, like we've been doing a really good job of. You know, I, I'm still heartbroken, of course, over the loss of some of our favorite guys, even though I do acknowledge a shakeup was necessary, of course. I just didn't think it needed to be all of them. I mean, really? Just you're going to cancel Christmas? Okay. And I, I then, you know, you look at who they got. And yeah, there's some really nice, some, some sweet returns there. Some guys that are really going off and it's nice to see. I mentioned this because I, I was looking at the, the Red Sox of the, you know, when they had, they won in the World Series 04 and 07. And you look at what like the Dodgers have done and what the Yankees have seemed to have done. And, you know, these other big market teams, they could spend big while still developing their guys. And I feel like the Cubs are in a perfect position. I, I hear a lot of people talk about this mess that the Cubs are in. And when you look at it, it's like, yes, 2021 is going to go down as a horrible, horrible year in Cubs history, but it is up to ownership to open up the wall. They could change the narrative so quickly, so quickly. They could change the narrative where to the point where five years from now, people look back at 2021 is like, yeah, you know, we made the playoffs five of the six years previous to 2021 and 2021 was bad, but then starting in 2022, all the way through, you know, five, I said five or six years in the future, 2026, 2027, another great run of Cubs baseball. It really, you could do both. You could 100% do both. You just have to be smart about it. You don't want to block any potential people. Brennan Davis is knocking on the door, so I'm going to go spending a ton of money on some center fielder or even another corner outfielder, although the DH coming is – Nick Castellanos is the guy I'm going to profile a little later in the episode. I know I wanted to be like a 
old school radio guy where you tease, but I'll just tell you right now, that's who I'm going to talk about later. It's going to be Nick Castellanos. We're going to take a deep look into his numbers. I'll tell you why I think his personality fits in well, as we know it does, because he loved being here, and why I think you could sell him on what the Cubs are going to be going under right now. Castellanos is 29 years old. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll save all this for later, but get excited because I'm excited to talk about Nick Castellanos. Let's talk about the team, though, right now. 11, I got I got a little bit of a bad review from someone saying, like, uh, it's great when he talks about the current Cubs, but instead he tells uh, funny little stories. And I'm like, okay, all right. Like, you know what? When when the team's really bad, you ever watch, uh, like, a local broadcast or any baseball broadcast? When the team's atrocious, you might hear about how they went to the movies over the weekend. That's going to happen every now and then, okay? Okay? All right. Alec Mills pitched solidly enough. Third time through the order, got left him a little bit of trouble. But again, they lost 4-1 to one yesterday. And it was better than most of the games that had been absolutely just beatdowns, utter beatdowns. And the only bright spot you could take of from this has been Frank Schwindel. Uh, Matt Duffy's in the ball a little bit better lately. Ian Happ, every time you think he had a home run over the weekend, you're thinking, okay, is this going to be the turnaround? It's just not there. Yes, Ian Happ looked really bad. Edward Alzali on Friday left with like a hamstring thing. And I was real bummed to see because he was coming off such a nice outing against the White Sox in which he really worked on the changeup to left-handers. And it looked like you were starting to see some improvement on that. And that's really what you want to see out of him the rest of the way. Just keep improving on your approach. I've, I got into it with a few people, some friends of mine and some not friends of mine, about his potential ceiling. And I think his ceiling really is a number two starter, perhaps a number one. Because I look at him where, and they kept going, oh, if he figures it all out, he's a four or five. And I go, well, no, I think he it's either a top end, let's say at least a number two starter, or he's not going to figure it out. He's going to be the way he's been. Because if he does figure it out, he's he's top end. You don't figure it out with that kind of stuff and, and be like middle of the road. Because I think the stuff plays, again, he, he struck on Mookie Betts twice. Mookie Betts was 0 for 3 against him with two strikeouts. He struck out Fernando Tatis Jr. He struck out Ronald Acuna. He struck out Freddie Freeman. He struck out Jose Abreu. He struck out uh, Tim Anderson, I believe he got. He struck out, you know I mean? There, there was a, a lot of really good hitters. Nick Castellanos said, no, he didn't, I don't know if he got Castellanos. But a lot of really good hitters, he carved them up. And when guys like that figure it out, they become absolute weapons. Now, the guys who end up being four or five starters are guys that could have some nice stuff. And when they figure it out are serviceable in the sense that they can't go a third time through the order. And maybe, maybe that's where the argument could be with Edward Alzali that like he's, he doesn't have the endurance yet or that by still 26 building it up. You got to remember too, you, you hear 26 and you think like, well, that doesn't seem like prospect. He had a couple injuries in the minors that kind of stunted his growth a little bit there. Nothing too risky long-term. And then, you know, the COVID year in which he was on the ball club and they kind of used him in this weird little hybrid swing role where I don't know if that was an order from the front office to be like, hey, let's let's ease him into this. We want to, you know, he coming off an injury the year before. We really want to take our time with his development. So I, I don't I don't really know what the approach was there. But right now I know what I see with my eyes and what I see with my eyes is if this is a guy who puts it together top of the rotation, you guys could hold me to that. If I'm wrong about it and he ends up being a solid four, cause I'm saying he's either fringe starter or he figures it out and is at the top of the road, at the top of the, the heap. You know what I'm saying? There's no real in between. And that's just my opinion. This episode is brought to you in part by stat hero. 
Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands and thousands and thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time than you do. You know why? Because they're losers. That's why. Now I'm just messing around, but these people are, are amazing and it's really tough to play against them. So this is where Stat Hero comes into play. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. That's right. We're all looking for that action. I know I love playing daily fantasy and football. Justin Fields. I'm excited right now. Stat Hero is definitely something you want to look into if you're into daily fantasy sports like I am. So here's what you do. You're playing head-to-head. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. Amazing. You name the stakes, too. It's winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. No one else does that. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you get three times. I got to repeat that just so you understand how big a deal that is. They're giving you 300%. You're getting three times back on your first play. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. Okay, Frank Schwindel. I mentioned before, I go, who is this Frank Schwindel? My man, Dom underscore Frederick on Twitter, the director of morale for Chicago Cubs, had a really funny take on it about how Frank Schwindel is basically just like a made-up player in a video game. And he mentioned one of the greatest baseball video games of all time, and that is MVP Baseball 2005 for Xbox. That game was phenomenal. It had a great soundtrack, too. I, if I could, I still have that Xbox somewhere. I really want it. That's going to be a, a mission for the week is to dust off that game and start rocking that again because there was some really fun, uh, they had fun home run derbies. You could do one thing where you're like, Hit it off a school bus. There's all sorts of really cool stuff there. You know, it's really creepy, by the way, guys. I have fan graphs open now because I wanted to look at some of this stuff. And it says book virtual comedians and a female comedian friend of mine just popped up. Good picture of her, too. All right. Anyway, threw me off. Sorry, everyone. So Frank Schwindel was drafted by the Kansas City Royals way back in 2013. He was the 18th pick, 18th round. I'm sorry, 300 or 534th pick. My eyes are killing me right now. So, yeah, not like exactly a highly touted prospect. You know, going over his numbers at the minor league level, showed some pop along the way. In 2014, hit 20 home runs and 428 at-bats. Real solid. That was at A-ball. Then over in double-A for Kansas City, hit 20 home runs as well in 400 at-bats too. So, yeah, okay, yeah, showing some pop. Triple-A Kansas City Royals, 24 home runs. Pretty good. He then finds himself with Detroit, in which they start him at high A, and he has to kind of work his way back through the system there. Not really sure why, uh, because I'm even looking at, like, you know, he's coming off a year in which he had 24 home runs in AAA for Kansas City. He hit 286 that year, 336, 506. I don't, maybe Detroit had some depth at those positions, and for him to get consistent at bats, it had to be a AAA or a low A, I'm sorry. But he only had three at bats there. All right. So Frank Schwindel, Frank. Schwindel is a real person, is my point. Let's take a look at some of the other stuff here. As far as what the Cubs are trying to do going forward, and it really, you know, I mentioned Ian Happ's struggles, and, you know, I like Ian Happ as a guy, and I definitely see the potential there. He's shown it. I mean, he had 24 home runs as a rookie. With that, you know, his career OPS is still well over 800, even with this abysmal season. Could play a few different positions. I know he doesn't really shine in particular each one. Although I was wondering if they would have kept him at second base the whole time, what that would have looked like. But Ian Happ strikes out a ton. And with the 
acquisition of Nick Madrigal and some of the other things that have been said, it really feels like they're trying to get away from that to a degree. I mean, if you're a thumper, you know, I mean, Fernando Tatis, by the way, and Shohei Otani both strike out a ton. They're both probably like top 15 in strikeout rate, but nobody cares because they also hit a ton. They get on base a ton. They do all those other things. Nobody really cares that you strike out a lot if you're playing well in other facets of your plate appearance. It only looks bad if you're striking out 35% of the time like Javi and you're not getting on base. If Javi was striking out 35 to 38% of the time and was getting on base at a 350 clip, it would never be brought up. It really wouldn't. I mean, people might every now and then say, like, man, if you just lay off that slider a little bit more, but you wouldn't care because you're producing. That's what it comes down to. But with Hap striking out the way he is, I, I'll, I'll go on record. I'm going to, I got a hunch he won't be on the team next year. I don't know if they tender him and then trade him or just flat out non-tender him. It'll be interesting to see. I mentioned that because with the way the Cubs are doing things, over the course of his career, he's struck out below average one Frankie Schwindel. I'm calling him Frankie. He looks like a Frankie. By the way, all the pictures of him are very like, is this a real person? They got him like holding thumbs up. Like, <laughs> like he's like he's like a robot. They're teaching how to act like a human being. He's got thumbs up in all these pictures. And but he doesn't walk. He doesn't walk either, Frank Schwindel. So he's very contact-oriented. I'm going to swing the bat early in the count. And look, it's working out real well right now. He's got four home runs in 65 plate appearances, You know, 15 RBI in 21 games, uh, 48% above league average right now. Uh, defensively, he seems all right from what I've gathered. Offensively, yeah, again, he's, he's hot right now. It's way too small a sample size to think anything. But it looks like he's going to be getting a lot of at-bats throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I I was comfortable saying to myself, Patrick Wisdom is going to be starting at first or third next year. With Madrigal at second, Horner at short, although I still don't love that middle infield because Horner is elite at second base. Madrigal, look, he doesn't have power for a corner outfield spot, but throw him in left field. From what I understand, he's not that great at second. He's average. He's ish. He had the yips for a second or two. People were kind of telling me. So put Madrigal in left field the way the Cubs are, are teams in the past. It wasn't just the Cubs. The Nationals did it before when they moved Soriano. I almost said Schwariano because of Schwindel's name in my head. Or thinking of the movie Wayne's World. Schwing. That was fun too. And you put him in left. Yeah, he doesn't have power, but then you can make up for the power by going and getting a Corey Seager or a Carlos Correa at shortstop. And you keep Nico at second where he'll win you. he will win you the gold glove. If Nico Horner is healthy in 2022 and plays at least 150 games, he's getting that gold glove. I'm, I'm spit shine it right now and bring it over to the Horner residence. Okay. Nico's still young. He might live with his parents still. I don't know. They could be right there on their mantle next to the Christmas tree. The Horner family Christmas sounds wonderful. They'll be celebrating Nico's achievement. Now, I don't know. I, I just, Seeger or Correa story even maybe you know the Cubs are gonna have to get a little left-handed but I thought to myself Patrick was him at first you know Madrigal Horner will say for now Matt Duffy at third but now maybe go wisdom at there's a good chance the Cubs are gonna have Frank Schwindel at first Patrick wisdom in left field or in first base or third base I, I can't talk sorry guys and then the middle infield of Horner and Madrigal and then I don't know Hayward I guess in right Brennan da- Ortega until Brennan Davis comes up and, and to play center. Brennan Davis, I think, will come up around late May or June. And when you move Ortega over to, I just don't know how cheap they're going to go. 
that's what's added to the frustration of being a Cubs fan is, are you going to spend money? I know they keep saying it's not going to be a, re- a rebuild like before, but what does that mean? What does that mean? It's going to be one year of, of just crap because before we had three years of crap. We had 2012, 2013, 2014. So you tell me I'm just going to deal with one year because I'm counting this as a year of crap. So 2022 is crap. That's two years of crap. Okay. I just want to know how big these craps are going to be. So it's tough. Very tough to see. But again, Frankie, if you keep hitting like this the rest of the way. I see why no, no reason why we can't bring you back next year. I believe we do have control. We picked him up off waivers from Oakland. And even in AAA, with Oakland, he was playing real well. AAA in 2021 with the Oakland A's, why are people releasing this guy? Is he just not getting a shot? Do people forget about him? And then they go, oh, who are we going to release? And they go, get rid of that name. That's not a real person. Who put that name on the list? And then they go, all right, well, we got to, for roster purposes, we're cutting you. Because I'm looking at this guy, 45 games, 207 at bats. Sure, that's not a ton. So maybe he was dealing with some nagging injuries or something like that. But he had 16 home runs and 200 at bats. That's amazing. 41 driven in. Again, only struck out 16% of the time, which is awesome. That's an elite clip. 6% walk rate. Sure, okay. Batting average was 317. His bat bip was 312. So it wasn't even getting lucky. That was like an honest 317. Slugging 630. Like, I don't get it. Maybe this is a fine. Maybe this is a guy that just has never really gotten a fair shake. And if that's the case, then yes, let's start him every day. And then you could have Schwindel at first base. Madrigal. In left field, like I just said, Nico at short. Go get Seager Correa at shortstop. I, again, when they age and Hernandez and Ed Howard or whichever of them are ready, you move them over to third, or there's there will be a DH. I'm I'm can I'm putting money on right now. The DH will be in the National League in 2022. And you know who'll be perfect in that spot? Nick Castellanos. We're gonna talk about him. Built bar. Oh man, I love myself some built bars. Great way to start off your day. You talk to any fan of Built Bar, they will tell you about all the delicious fav- flavors they've got. They got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, mm, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies, and cream. You guys know that song. German chocolate and grasshopper cookie, which is like a Girl Scout Thin Mint. Not only are they tasty, but they're also very healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. And my favorite part, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, because you really do need to be watching the sugar, especially when you're starting to trying to start your day off on the right foot order today everybody built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team so you know they're legit here's the offer go to builtbar.com type promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order use promo code lock 15 at builtbar.com bet online everybody bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info on all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all your ufc mma action so before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't send the silence anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as other teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. It's so hard to fathom sometimes. Head to the website and use your cell phone and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Let me let me say that again. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Hot damn, that's a good deal. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Nick Castellanos, everyone. He stole our hearts from August 1st to October 1st of the 2019 season. Two glorious months he had with our Chicago Cubs in which he just was absolutely 
tearing the cover off the ball. He came over from Detroit at the trade deadline. One of those deals announced just after the deadline. It's a 3 p.m. deadline, and all us Cubs fans, it's 3.05. We're like, wait, they didn't make a move? They didn't, they didn't do anything? Come on, you know? And then we find out Nick Castellanos. I remember thinking we needed more bullpen help, but the offense was struggling a bit at the time. They had kind of a roughish July. You know, the offense famously, quote, unquote, broke at the end of 2018. And then they went, it kind of continued off that way in 2019. Although the 2019 Cubs had some very, very good individual seasons. Look it up, everyone. Anthony Rizzo had a monster year. Chris Bryant returned to his all-star form with a 900-plus OPS, hit 31 home runs. Javi Baez continued from his nice 2018. His uh, you know, on-base percentage went a little lower, so overall he wasn't as highly above average as he was in 2018, but still had 29 home runs and hit you a solid 280 or so. And Wilson Contreras also played wonderfully. And Kyle Schwarber had a breakout year, finishing with 38 home runs and an OPS of 870. He was better. He was the only player better than Nick Castellanos was in the second half. If you look at the second half of 2019, all the hitters, people always go, Castellanos, Castellanos. Schwarber had a better second half than he did. So that's why in that offseason, I always got mad when people go, well, it's between Schwarber and him. You can't keep him both. Why can't you? Because we forget Castellanos was. Castellanos was a right fielder for the Detroit Tigers and he stayed a right fielder with us. We moved Hayward to center. Now Hayward played as good a center field as Ian Happ had been playing and, or had been playing the last couple of years. And obviously not at an elite level, but really field is smaller in the gaps. Dexter Fowler was never considered an elite defensive center fielder, but the Cubs played him deeper and he ended up excelling with us because again, Wrigley Field is one of the easier center fielders, center fields to play. It's a tough right field. And I remember watching big, big stick Nick those last two months. And not one time, maybe there was one play where I remember being like, I oh, cost us a base or two there, but for the most part, he played a solid right field. Now what I want for the Cubs is I think Nick Castellanos is a guy who again has praised his time at Wrigley it, it turned him around in baseball. You know, he'd been playing for the lowly Detroit Tigers and just was losing his love for the game. And Cubs fans, all of you listening, this you tap, pat yourself on the back right now. He thanked you because we gave him a shot of life. We were like a B12 shot for his baseball soul. And he was we wanted to be here. He signed with the Reds very late. He put two opt-outs in because he was hoping something would change and he could come back here. Now, I don't know if any, like, you know, the Reds have been treating him very kindly and he's having a great year as a Cincinnati Red. The Reds are flirting with the playoff spot. Who knows what's going to happen, but let's assume he opts out. Cubs need to go full press. They need to extend Contreras because they're making their bed there and Miguel Maya is, was banged up and whatever. I just feel like Contreras and Castellanos, there's like an identity to the way those two play. They play with their hearts on their sleeves. Castellanos, again, could play a corner outfield spot or he could DH because I believe the DH is coming. So you DH Nick Castellanos. I feel like I'm saying his name a little bit weird, but I think that's just because I should have had water before I started doing a podcast. little pro tip for all the people out there. Before you speak by yourself for half an hour, trying to be entertaining and insightful, I like to blend the two, you should probably, uh, you know, water up that throat a little bit, right? Get some liquids there. Do some vocal warm-ups. I don't know. Just some advice. Castellanos in 2020, though, as a reminder, did not have a very good year. He was slightly above average as a hitter. And uh, yeah, so for everyone to act like he was just murdering it since he left, that is not true. But again, I've said so many times, 2020, a lot of really good hitters had bad years. It was a strange season. 
He played all 60 games, though. He showed up, 14 home runs, so he's probably on pace for a 30 home run clip. Looking at him now, 23% K rate. That's league average. And you look at everything else he brings to the table, he's a doubles machine. He has 20 home runs right now. He'll probably finish with about 30. And he just he brings a lot of intangibles. Like I was going to say before, Castellanos and Contreras, I love the two of those guys together. Uh, something about, you know, we need to get a little left-handed in there too, though. Because the way I'm looking at this team, as of right now, if we get my wish of getting Nick Castellanos, you DH him. Again, except that the DH is coming, everyone. Uh, why not? We'll, we'll do a, a batting order real quick. Now, let's go around the diamond. Catcher, Wilson Contreras. First base, Frank Schwindel, assuming he keeps doing this. Second base, Nico Horner. Shortstop, I want Corey Seager now that I say this, because I feel like Correa is going to be the biggest free agent out there. He's going to really want a lot. Seager's coming off of an injury, but then is he injury prone? Ah, it's so frustrating. Let's just say Seager for the sake of a left-handed hitter. Third base, Wisdom. Right field, I, I, I don't know. Hayward, they have under contract, of course, but at this point, just accept it and put him on the bench. You know, let's just say they'll have Hayward out there. Then Ortega at center to start the year. You move him when Brendan Davis is fully ready. Nick Mandrigal, I have in left field. I know there's no power there, but he's hitting three, he'll hit 320, and that'll be great. And he, he never strikes out. Castellanos is your DH. You go out and sign a couple pitchers, and now we're cooking, right? Now we're cooking with, we're cooking with gas. Okay, we're cooking with dynamite, wherever, however that expression goes, and we're competing in the NL Central 2022. All right, am I getting you jacked up for 2022? Because that's what I need to do right now. And you guys, I want you guys running out to the nearest parking lot, headbutting some random car window. Make it a really rich person's car. They'll have insurance to cover it. Don't be doing it to some beater. That person needs that car for work purposes. They'll have to get a garbage bag to cover it up in the wind if they're going on the highway. Don't do that. You find a BMW, you headbutt that like your freaking Latimer in the movie The Program. And you go 2022 Chicago Cubs seat at the table NL Central champs. You could do it. You could go from being really bad the way they are now and being a competitive team in 2022. You really can't with a few nice little signings and a couple big signings, big signings being Castellanos and, and some sort of left-handed bat. That's why I threw Seager out there. You got to find someone else perhaps because they can't hit right now. It's way too right-handed. But again, just those two. And then you roll the dice on wisdom and Schwindel. And if they're not that good, you have Duffy off the bench. He could start at first base. You know he gives you a pro at bat. You know he's giving you a, that car with a full tank of gas back. That's Matt Duffy for you. Solid dude. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Cubs podcast. You guys are the best. Tell your friends. Have a good week. And as always, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.